Hey there, it's Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In Melbourne Heights, we are growing closer to God together, and over the last few weeks, we've been doing that by taking a closer look at some stories from Jesus' life. And this week, we're going to be taking a closer look at what Jesus has to teach us about worry. Now, we all know that there is plenty in life that we can worry about, from our health to our family to our job and more. So it's kind of strange to hear Jesus tell us, do not worry. But that's exactly what he tells us. And in this week's sermon, we're going to see why he does. So let's get straight to the sermon. It was June 24th, 1994, and the Walt Disney Animation Studio had just released their 32nd animated film. It was a film that would go on to become the most successful movie in the history of the studio. It was a true blockbuster hit, even though the folks at Disney had been banking on another movie, one called Pocahontas, to do better than this one did at the box office. This movie grossed over $780 million during a 10-month run in theaters across the globe. It would go on to bring home two Golden Globe Awards and even one an Oscar. It was a film that would inspire a live-action remake that's going to come out later this year that I'm personally looking very forward to. It's a movie about a lion cub named Simba who is destined to become the Lion King. Now, if you remember the movie, you probably remember that Simba's story isn't exactly a heartwarming tale. As a matter of fact, when one of the writers was brought on to the project, she was told that the story of the Lion King was basically a combination of Bambi and Hamlet, only set in the Pride Lands of Africa. And if you remember the Bambi movie, and if you've ever seen the, the Shakespeare's play of Hamlet, these aren't exactly feel-good stories. But this film, in spite of its more melancholy type of themes, was still able to produce some of the most upbeat music in the history of Disney's films. There are songs inside of The Lion King like The Circle of Life that I just can't help humming along with every time I hear it, even though I don't understand any of the words at the beginning of the, of the song. And, and that's not all. Uh, I mean, who, who of us who, who's heard the song hasn't sung along a little bit when Simba has, has belted out that he just can't wait to be king? But there's one song inside of The Lion King that everyone seems to remember more than any of the others. It was a song that was sung by a meerkat named Timon and his warthog friend named Pumbaa, and it's called Hakuna Matata. Now, if you've got kids or grandkids that were born at any point over the last 30 years, you have probably heard this song at least a time or two at some point in their lives. But just in case you've forgotten how this song goes, let me remind you of a little bit of it. It starts out like this. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. It ain't no passing craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. That's all I got. <laughs> and that is as close to special music as you will ever see hear me do. I expected an amen after that, didn't get it, it's okay. <laughs> but do you remember how the song goes? Do you remember that now? Now there's something that you may not realize about the song Hakuna Matata. 
because, and you may not realize this, because Disney kind of has a history of making up songs, of creating songs with completely nonsensical syllables strung together. In the Cinderella movies, you have Bippity-Boppity-Boo. Inside of Mary Poppins, there's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. But you, what you may not realize is that Hakuna Matata is not just nonsensical syllables that have been strung together by the author of some song. They actually have a real meaning. The words Hakuna Matata come from the Swahili language, which is a language that is commonly spoken throughout Southeast Africa. And these two words literally mean no worries. But they are better understood to mean don't worry, be happy. And that brings to mind another song that I'm not going to sing this morning. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing about it. When you think about the storyline from The Lion King, when you think about it being a combination of the movie Bambi and Hamlet set in the Pride Lands of Africa, it's almost a little bit ridiculous that the most memorable song in this movie has the message of, don't worry, be happy. Now, if you haven't seen The Lion King, or if you just don't remember the storyline behind the movie, the song Hakuna Matata is sung right after Simba's father is killed. Now, anybody who has ever lost a loved one knows that there is a whole lot to worry about. And it only gets worse when you remember that Simba thinks he is the one who is responsible for his father's death and the story. Now, if I was responsible for anyone's death, let alone my own dad's death, I don't think there's any way that I could listen to the words of Hakuna Matata and stop worrying and just be happy. But even when circumstances are nowhere near as dire as they are inside of this film, it's hard not to worry because there is a lot to worry about in life. It's hard for us not to worry because there is a lot in life for us to worry about. Families worry about lost loved ones. People worry about test results that they're waiting to get back from their doctors and possible diagnoses that come from it. Other people worry about the diseases that they're battling. And all of those things are a lot to worry about. But there's more than just that. We worry about work. We worry about our next performance evaluation from our bosses, and we worry about that coworker that just seems to be mad at us for some reason. We worry about things that are going on inside of our homes as well. We are concerned uh, about our child who may be struggling in school. We worry that we're not as close as we used to be with our spouse. Then we turn on the TV set, and there is even more to worry about. Just this past week, there was plenty of, uh, of weather-related news across this country that we could be worried about. Uh, here in, in the state of Kentucky, four degrees on Wednesday morning. Worse than that across the Midwest. Ultimately, more than a handful of people lost their lives because of frigid cold temperatures. That's a lot to worry about. And then when you're watching TV and it changes over from the news to a commercial, all the commercials do is give you more to worry about. If you sit through the commercial breaks, by the time it's over, you're worried about your hair loss, your weight gain, and the bad breath that you have. And then if you just drive through your neighborhood, you happen to see more and more security signs that are popping up because people are worried about their own safety when they're at home. Everywhere we turn, there seems to be plenty for us to worry about. 
And right now, we can't even escape those feelings of worry when we come into church. Because last week at Melbourne Heights, we announced the pending sale of our building. Waiting, and we've been waiting for this news to come for more than a year. But I think it's safe to say that when I stood up on the stage and announced the pending sale last week, that more than a few of us, when we left this room, the sanctuary, we didn't go with a huge sense of relief. We went with more worries on our shoulders. There's still a lot of questions surrounding our relocation that need to be answered. And whenever there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, that means that there's a lot for us to worry about. So when it comes to our church, we're worried about when we're moving and where we're moving. We're worried about having to pick up 60 years worth of memories and try to transport them with us into a new location. And we're even going to be worried long after the last moving truck has pulled away and we've settled into wherever God wants us to be next, worrying about what the future is going to continue to hold for this church. And when we think about all there is to worry about in life, hearing cartoon characters like Timon and Pumbaa sing Hakuna Matata and tell us to to not worry, it doesn't just sound silly, it also sounds trite. And that makes it really hard to hear these same words, don't worry, come from the lips of Jesus. But that's exactly what Jesus tells us in the scripture passage that we're going to be reading this morning. So let me encourage you to go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 6. And I'll give you a sneak preview while you're finding it. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus tells us, don't worry. We can't deny it. It's right there. It's written in scripture. It's in black and white unless you've got one of those red letter editions and then it's in red and white. But Jesus tells us, don't worry. But to fully appreciate what Jesus is saying here, we need to go back a few verses. We'll actually start reading in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus, in this passage, he's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. This is what he has to say. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and he will love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor, they do not spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father, he knows that you need them. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
Now this version that I just read to you comes from the New International Version, and this is the version of this passage that we are used to hearing. And inside of this passage, Jesus says, don't worry about what you'll eat, don't worry about what you'll drink, don't worry about what you'll wear. But let's be honest here this morning. Most of us sitting inside of this sanctuary never worry about what we're going to be eating, what we're going to be drinking, or what we're going to be wearing to begin with. We live in a country where food is readily accessible to almost every one of us. There are grocery stores seemingly on just about every corner, and if if there's not a grocery store on that corner, there's a pretty good chance there's a restaurant there. And beyond grocery stores and restaurants, many of us even grow our own backyard gardens that we can go and enjoy the fruit from. The same thing's true for our clothes. Let's be honest here. We have closets and dressers that are jam-packed with clothing, right? We have more shirts than we could wear in a month. We have more shoes than we could wear out in a decade. Simply put, we don't worry about what we're going to eat. We don't worry about what we're going to drink. We don't worry about what we're going to wear because we don't have to worry about these things. We have all of them, and we have all of them, and in abundance. But it was a different story when Jesus was first preaching the Sermon on the Mount because The people that first heard this in the first century in Israel, they couldn't just run out to the neighborhood grocery store to buy milk or eggs or bread like we do whenever the weather forecast says there's snow in the air. They didn't have clothes that were overflowing from their closets either. So the people that Jesus was talking to when he was preaching this sermon on the mount, they had to worry about these things. They had to worry if they would have enough food to eat that day. They had to worry if their clothes were going to hold out and make it through another week. But since we live in such a different world than the people that Jesus was first speaking to, maybe we need to hear this passage, this teaching, from a different perspective. Maybe we need to hear this in something that's a little bit more up to date. So that's what I want to do next. I want to read the same passage to you, but I want to read it as it's translated in the message. So listen to Jesus' words with new ears. This is what he says. You cannot worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money, both. But if you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are still in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food that you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes that you hang on your body. Look at the birds. They're free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless because they are in the care of God. And you count far more to God than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time, all this money wasted on fashion. Do you think it really makes that much of a difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like them? The ten best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby compared to the wildflowers. If God gives such attention to the appearance of the wildflowers, most of which have never even been seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. 
People who don't know God in the way that he works, they fuss over these things. But you who know both God and how God works, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God's provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when they come up. Now let's be honest this morning. We do have a lot that we could worry about at Melbourne Heights. And you have a lot that you could worry about in your life too. But this passage, when we hear it from a different perspective, with fresh ears, this should make you, this should make me, this should make all of us stop and ask what we are worried for. As it was put in the message, has worrying helped any of you grow an inch taller? Has worrying kept a gray hair from forming on your head? Has worrying made it any easier to put food on your table or made the clothes in your closet look one bit better? No. Of course it hasn't. The truth is that there is a lot to worry about but worrying doesn't make any difference. That's the truth. The truth is that there is a lot that we could worry about, but worrying doesn't make any difference. It's not going to add an hour to your life. It's not going to make you an inch taller. It's not going to make your hair a darker color. It's not going to make your clothes any prettier. Worrying doesn't make any difference. And if God can feed the birds of the sky, if God can dress the wildflowers of the field, then you better believe that God can, will, and is taking care of you too. And when we worry, especially when we worry about things that are completely out of our control, all that that worrying does is draw our attention away from God and what God is doing right now. So when we worry about where our church will relocate to down the road, or when we worry about how many people are going to be there when we hold our first services or services ten years from now, we stop paying attention to what God is still doing in our church right now. Or to put it another way, when you worry about tomorrow, when you worry about what tomorrow may bring, you fail to notice what God has brought you today. When you worry about what tomorrow will bring, you fail to notice and appreciate what God has brought to you today. When we worry about everything that's going to happen with our relocation, we fail to appreciate the 60-plus year history that God has given to us in this place. 60 years of God working in our lives and through our church, throughout this community. When we worry about how many people may show up, for our first services inside of a new building, we fail to minister to the people that God has brought to this place right now. When we worry about what clothes we're going to wear tomorrow or what food you're going to cook when you wake up in the morning for breakfast, you fail to appreciate what God has given you to make it through today. So yes, there's plenty that we can worry about. There's plenty that we can worry about as a church. There's plenty that we can worry about as individuals. But listen to what Jesus told us 
listen. It says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or what may not happen tomorrow because God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when they come up. In the end, if we listen to these words of Jesus, if we give our entire attention to what God is doing right now and let tomorrow worry about itself, in the end, we'll find that God will always take care of us. We will find that God will always be faithful to us. Because God has always been faithful to us. And if you remember what Jesus tells us, to give our full attention to what God is doing right now, to live in this moment and let tomorrow take care of itself, maybe we'll find the same thing that Timon and Pumbaa found. Maybe we'll find that there's not so much to worry about for the rest of our days. Let's pray together. God, you know that there is plenty that we can worry about in our lives and in the world around us. We don't have to look past what goes on in our own homes, what we see on our television sets, or anything else to realize there's plenty to worry about. But God, we thank you for this teaching that Jesus gave in the Sermon on the Mount where he reminds us that all the worrying that we do, it doesn't do one bit of good. It doesn't make any real difference. Worrying's not going to add an hour to our lives, an inch to our height, a dark strand of hair on the top of our heads. All worrying is going to do is distract us from what you were already doing. So God, my prayer for all of us this morning is that you open our eyes so that we can see you. See everything that you're doing for us today to praise you for the provisions that you've given us so that we don't have to worry about what we'll eat or what we'll drink or what we'll wear. Thank you. Let us be thankful for your continued care, your support, your leadership, your direction all along the path that we journey as individuals and that we are now journeying together as a church. Let us see what you are doing. Let us give you all of our attention. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's Adam again, and thanks for listening to this week's sermon. We hope that it's helped you learn a little bit more about who God is and grow a little bit closer to God as well. Now, in our next episode, we're going to continue digging deeper into stories from Jesus' life, and we'll be exploring the story of Jesus calling his first disciples and discovering what that story has to teach us about who God is and how God feels about not only his disciples, but about all of us too. Now that episode will drop next Tuesday morning, and if you'll go ahead and subscribe, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And while you're in your favorite podcasting app, do me a favor and take just a second and write a review of the show. Your review means a lot, and it'll help other people find this podcast and grow closer to God too. So once again, thanks for listening to this week's sermon. We hope that you have a great week, and we will see you next Tuesday.